0: Imagine you're put behind bars for the first time in your life. You're documented and you're given a number. When horses and burros come off the range, they are sorted in these holding facilities like this one in Burns, Oregon.
1: So this year, this is where we do everything. Okay. Um, it's our hydraulic squeeze chute. We uh, administer all of our vaccinations, deworm them. This is where we freeze mark them. Um...
0: Horses and burros also get what's called a freeze mark. It's basically a big tattoo that indicates when a horse was born and where the horse was gathered. Or burrow, don't let me forget. It's a cold brand that's supposed to be painless. The horses surrounding me at this holding facility have one of these.
1: We're presently at Oregon's Wild Horse Corral Facility. It's the central a holding, preparation, and adoption facility that services uh, Oregon and Washington. We also take in, occasionally, uh, overflow from uh, gathers on the range in uh, northern Nevada.
0: This guy is Rob Sharp. He's the supervisory wild horse and burrow specialist for this area, and he was nice enough to show me around the entire holding facility. He took me through step-by-step what happens when the horses come off of the range and into this place. It's always open to the public, and you can adopt a wild horse from here. You just can't get up close and personal because they're still really wild.
1: That describes a a walk-up facility adoption. Um, We have a plethora of other uh, adoption programs.
0: And that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see other facilities that actually train the wild horses and burros. But in this series, you have heard a lot about wild horses. It seems like the redheaded stepchildren of this whole scenario have been the burros, the forgotten donkeys, and that's what this episode is all about. An ode to the little guys. I'm Anna, and this is Wildish.
2: So this is our pasture, and we'll go out here too. So our training facility is located back behind here. Okay. We have seven acres out here, and you see different kinds of obstacles we have set up that we're working with the horses, training them to do just being exposed to different environments, different terrain, different obstacles. But the burro guys have worked with the burros, and the burros, a lot of them will do all the exact same obstacles that the horses do. So it's really cool. Shows their dedication.
0: This is Mike. Mike is a retired corrections officer. So you worked in this, in this prison for, until you retired?
2: Yes, five years ago.
0: The Wild Horse and Borough Program has both holding facilities and training facilities on prison grounds throughout the United States. In January of 2020, I went down to the Arizona State Prison in Florence. Florence is in southern Arizona, surrounded by those giant saguaro cacti. If you have to draw a cactus, it's the one you end up drawing. I was supposed to go to an adoption event at the holding facility to see these little donkeys get adopted. I was also supposed to meet John Hall.
3: So my name is John Hall. I'm the Wild Horse and Borough state lead for the Arizona Bureau of Land Management. I'm also the facility manager for the Florence prison training and holding facility that we have located in Florence, Arizona.
0: As you can tell, John is on the phone because he got stuck in Denver and the adoption event was canceled. But Mike said, don't worry, I can show you around and talk about some boroughs.
2: So the boroughs are quite um they're super intelligent. Uh, they figure things out and they, they, they'll they figure a way, if they can, how to get out of doing what you're asking them to do. The <laughs> horse is more willing to give to you quicker than a burro ever will. One of the things with the burros that we've found is you really, really need to, be, to befriend them and become part of the herd where they accept you. Then they'll start doing things for you a lot easier.
0: Mike loves his retirement job.
2: I do the hiring for the inmates, so they're all minimum custody inmates. So when I go to hire, it's it's kind of funny because the interview is very much like a first date because everybody tries to put their best foot forward, <laughs> give a good impression. What I'm looking for is somebody who's being honest with me, somebody who's willing to learn, Somebody who has a good attitude, you've got to be able to pick up 100-pound bale of hay. You've got to be able to climb over pipe rail fences. You've got to be able to get on and off a of horse here training. So your safety is our number one priority. And it is wild horse in burrow training, so it's inherently dangerous on its own right.
0: I'm sitting in Mike's pickup truck, and we drive into the prison. He says he's not only going to show me the training facility, but introduce me to the burrow guys, the inmates that train the donkeys for adoption. I've never been in or at a prison before ever. He says, let me warn you. And I brace myself. Then he says, the horses and burrows have never seen a woman because this is a men's prison. So they're going to be scared of you. And I was thinking, Mike, I should be the one that's scared right now. But once I met the borough guys, J.D. and Dakota, I completely forgot I was in prison.
4: At first, I could tell you were like, I don't know.
0: Well, I've never, I've never been like yeah. on prison grounds before, yeah, so okay. I wasn't sure what to expect. But um,
5: everything's not like it is on TV. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's
0: not like Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> and Mike was right. The horses, the donkeys, they were all scared of me. They would hide behind the guys like little kids. I know I'm weird looking.
4: You'd probably come over here if it wasn't checking everything out right now. I don't know. I know those two guys, but that one little person, I don't
0: know.
4: <laughs> yeah. He's cautious. I think a lot of people get stubborn, messed up with cautious.
0: That's JD. And this is Dakota.
5: A burro will stop and assess the situation that's going on. And if they know they can handle it, they're going to fight back. Yeah. A horse, most of their situations, they just run away.
0: I know everybody knows what a donkey looks like, but in case you need a reminder, I asked these guys to describe them.
5: Smaller than a horse.
4: It's like a small horse. <laughs> Big ears and loud. Yeah. yeah, they're loud. It's probably it's like if, if you've seen a horse and you haven't seen a burro. I feel it just like maybe shrink their body and grow their ears a little bit, and then what you got? it's clop. The other one's clip, clip and clop. That's Tigger right behind him, and Cole is all the way behind him. These are all our trained
0: jacks. A jack is a male donkey. A Jenny is a female donkey. It seemed like they had the most luck with jacks. They had Lacey, the female donkey, but they named her that because, quote, she'll lace you up. We hung out in the burrow corner of the training facility, and I asked these guys what it takes to train these wild donkeys.
4: Halter them to lead. Their feet. lead them. To ride, we, we train them to be ridden, to go in the cart, to uh, to pack, like for, for people that want to pack supplies or something through like mountainous country or just a regular trail. And they're good guardians for like livestock and stuff. There's a lot of people that really love burrows.
0: This is John Hall again.
3: You know they're they're originally from Africa. They were they were introduced by the Spaniards and by miners in like the 15 and 1600s. Um, especially here in Arizona, they were introduced in the, the late 1600s, and then more were introduced in the in the 1800s around the the gold rushes. A lot of people lately, it seems like the, the demand for burros has has absolutely skyrocketed. I think that people are starting to finally understand that they're they're really great companion animals they're either for their horses or just companions you know for people they tend to be more loving I would say more like a like a dog kinda for the most part they you know they they really um form a really strong bond with their owners and and I'm extremely proud of Florence because I feel like we're a very clean, well-operating facility when it comes to the day-to-day management of the animals. A lot of that's because of the unique relationship we have with the prison. We're able to pay them daily costs per animal and they're they're able to provide very good service for us.
0: I also wanna repeat something. Donkeys and burros are the same thing. It's just the word. Burro in Spanish means donkey and mules are not the same as donkeys. Mules are the offspring of donkeys and horses. So, like John said, donkeys evolved in Africa, which is a totally different place than where horses evolved on the Mongolian steppe. So, really, donkeys are better adapted to desert-like conditions of the western United States than horses are. So, even though they look similar, they are pretty different. And once I got to pet the burros, see the guys work with the burros at the prison, this horse girl became a burro girl.
4: We tell her, what is it? Donk life. We're part of the donk life.
0: The donk life.
4: Yeah, donk (laughs) life. We wake up in donk mode, like that song. Woke up in donk (laughs) mode.
0: I asked JD and Dakota what all they knew about what's going on on the range. This whole conundrum with the wild horses and burros. They didn't know too much about it.
5: I'm glad they're protected by the BLM. By the BLM. uh, Yeah. Guys, these animals are too coyotes, cattle. Yeah, go ahead and slaughter them if you need to, but... Donkeys and horses—they're once you get used to them, and once they approach you and actually start getting to liking you, I think they're amazing altogether.
0: But of course, they had stronger feelings towards the donkeys.
5: Everybody always puts the donkeys to a side because they see the big, pretty horse. They don't even take
4: two thoughts to uh, to think about what the burrows are like at all. Say like some zombie apocalypse or happens or something, you know what I mean? And we don't have like gas or anything. You got your donkey. donkey.
0: But when they first come off the trailer fresh from the gather, it's a pretty intense process to get the donkeys to calm down.
4: It's like after a while, though, of just getting our hands on them, brushing them. We, we get them. Like, it, that probably sucks for them a little bit. It's probably a little traumatic for them. Once we, you know, get them in a headlock and then we, you know, like three or four of us, like, actually, like, it's kind of hard to tackle them. But we get on them and we get the halter on and then we tie them up. And then we brush them and put our hands on them. We try to do their feet and they try to kick us. But after so much of that, they just, they're like, wait a sec, this dude's not hurting me. You know what I mean? So they figure it out. And it's almost like, and it's like an awesome feeling when they figure it out because then they start coming up to you before when they ran from you. You know what I mean?
0: J.D. and Dakota work hard for these donkeys to be adopted into loving homes. It's bittersweet because they get attached to them. They name them, of course.
5: A couple of weeks ago, we just had Tiny go.
4: Oh, yeah, he was huge. Well, yeah, he was scared of his own shadow. Like, he would see a shadow right here, and we'd be walking him, and he'd just, yeah. <laughs> he would trip out on it, but he... And, uh,
0: and he was huge, and his name was Tiny.
4: Yeah, yeah. We, called him we thought it was ironic, you know what I mean? That's one it. of his little ears was flopped over. Yeah, he, he was a, got into. It. He was the oldest one we had, too. He'd been out in the wild for 11 years. So who's knowing what that guy saw? He could have saw like a mountain lion or he could have fought off some coyotes of like a couple times a year. But there
0: are plenty of burrows where Tiny came from, as John Hall explains.
4: You know,
3: it's like comparing Arizona burros to Nevada horses. We have very dire conditions in some of our HMAs in Arizona when it comes to range health caused by burros, just like they have problems with horses in Nevada.
0: So I asked John if that's the case, why are burros never talked about?
3: Burrows don't really like to be around people for the most part. You know, our larger populations, they're not they're not gonna stay around where you have a lot of people. So they're just not they're not as easily viewable. Whereas in Nevada you could drive out to an HMA and you could see hundreds of horses on the range sitting on top of a tiny hill with binoculars.
0: So I asked John, how does the BLM tell if there are too many burrows on the range?
3: What we would end up having is we we call it lollipopping. It's, it's a range term. Those key forage species, Palo Verde, mesquite, ironwood, the burrows will eat every single branch that they can reach. Like they'll eat it all the way to the trunk. It it'll get to the point where every key forage species that they possibly can eat, they will eat. And then the problem is is that once those are gone, you know, the native wildlife that's there, the deer, javelina in the same place some places, you know, antelope in some places, basically you've eaten all of the forage that's available for those native species also. So you're going to have negative effects on the native species because they're being outcompeted competed by the non-native burrows.
0: Back at the Arizona State Prison, JD and Dakota showed me some cool things they can do with the burrows.
4: We have a cart that looks like a little wagon. You know, the old Amish wagons? Yeah. Well, it looks like an old Western wagon, kind of, like you know, a chuck true, wagon or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they train the burrows to pull these cute little carts. We went into this big enclosure where they showed me how cart pulling is supposed to go with a well-trained Jack named Stewie, like I'm Family Guy because of his big head. Then they hooked up Lacey, the feisty Jenny. This was her first time pulling a cart. They expected chaos, and a little chaos is what they got.
4: See, or if he sees us, you know what I mean. He'll do his little thing. <laughs> it's pretty cool, man. It makes me feel good. Like I think the best feeling too
5: is uh, being able to train one of them to the point where, oh, I need that donkey. You know, it, it kind of hurts in a way too when you got this perfect little donkey. You keep on going back and forth to the shows. And all they—they they don't. Um, the only reason they don't want him is because he's too small.
4: I mean, we're kind of—we're on a minimum custody yard, so. But there's sometimes there's a lot of bull crap. We have to deal with you know like and, and you come here and it's like we don't, don't have to deal feel with like that. you're in prison when you yeah. come
5: out here it, feel, it almost feels like you're free out here we get treated like dogs in the yard and then we come out here and we get treated like humans so yeah, big just, motivation to want to stay out here a little bit
0: but this job doesn't come without its risks and its injuries mike jd dakota they've all been kicked and bit in fact, while I was getting a really funny donkey back riding demonstration, one of the horse trainers got seriously hurt when a horse got spooked, reared back, and fell on top of the trainer, snapping the guy's femur in half. <laughs> you got a good
2: mind on it. Good mind. Ooh, that sucks. Oh, geez. What
5: whatever.
1: Holds stuck under the
4: horse. not
0: Not only was the trainer laying there, but the horse was laying there as well.
4: The horse is down, too.
0: And then it just gets up, and it takes off running.
3: Wild horse!
0: He was fine. They called an ambulance and put him on a stretcher but not before shackling his hands and feet. Because after all, these are inmates. Of course, he couldn't go very far. He had a broken leg. It is the risk you run when you deal with something like a wild horse or a wild burrow. As I sat there with everybody else on top of a hay bale, talking about the Super Bowl, clueless about any pandemic coming our way, things shifted in me. I really want a burrow, now more than I want a horse, and maybe a wild burrow trained by one of these guys. Of course this is in the future, after I've paid off all my student loans, but it still seems pretty elitist, doesn't it? Adopting a horse or a donkey, is it really feasible? Especially my generation, we're all paying off our student loans. So I went to talk to someone who has adopted a wild horse, a millennial whether she wants to claim that she is or not. But that's in our next episode. Another thing that shifted, I know these guys were on their best behavior when they were around me, but I really, really liked hanging out with them. And I can't wait to scratch some big burrow ears again. Thanks for listening. This is Wildish. <laughs>
5: Don't <Doll class. laughs>
0: The series Wildish was made possible by Alan Warda's Media, Brigham Young University's Charles Red Center, Western Colorado University's Graduate Studies and Master in Environmental Management Program, the Margie and John Haley Fund, and Dr. Corey Knapp. A big thank you to High Country News for publishing Wildish, and you for listening. Please rate Wildish wherever you get your podcasts.